0: Irish Exit Everything Irish Exit Everything Welcome to the season 2 premiere of Irish Exit Everything. My name is Frank, and this season we're going to be tearing apart institutions, breaking down barriers, and offering life-changing self-help advice. No, it's mostly just more bullshit. But maybe, just maybe, I happen to tear down some institutions whilst I'm bullshitting. Who knows? Either way, there are big changes happening this season. Super excited. Uh, I'm working on getting a website. Uh, There's a Facebook page now called the Irish Exiteers. Yeah, I'm thinking we call this fan base the Irish Exiteers. Um, Because if you look at the suffix ears, E-E-R-S, that denotes um, a professional who's associated with, concerned about, or produces, such and such. Um, For example, engineers are associated with engineering. Pioneers are concerned about, pioneering. So Irish Exiteers are those who are associated with Irish exiting. So please join the Facebook group and um, you can hit me up in the group and tell me if you're in favor of or opposed to being called an Irish Exiteer. And you know, I understand that it's ironic that I made a group on Facebook for my listeners because I've talked about Irish exiting your community before. And uh, I stand by that. Yes, Irish exit your community. Because if you remember, It takes a village to ignore your cries for help. The difference with this Facebook community is, um, this isn't about listening to your problems or asking for help. This community is about sharing funny shit and laughing together, which is arguably the most important benefit of being in a group. So go ahead and join the Facebook group if you feel like it, and if you don't feel like it, I forgive, but I do not forget, which isn't really forgiving, is it? So I wonder, how does one achieve forgiveness? What have you done that needs to be forgiven? If you don't care what anyone else thinks, absolutely nothing needs to be forgiven. Problem solved. But ever since humans have been capable of thought, we've also been capable of judging others. Which means we condemn people when we feel like they've done something wrong. But who decided what's right and wrong? I want to talk about the seven deadly sins, or as I like to call them, America's seven favorite pastimes. And those pastimes are lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and pride. Uh, Made famous by the 1995 film Seven starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. You know, the one where Brad's like, what's in the box? I'll tell you what's in the box, Brad. It's a very predictable plot twist in a crime thriller that went heavy on the thrilling crime and not so much on the character development. Anyway, the uh, Seven Deadly Sins are supposed to be these immoral, destructive behaviors that um, if you were to commit one of them, there is a special place in hell for you. But here at Irish Exit Everything, we like to look at human behavior from a different perspective. Which brings me to the segment Frank Ranks, where I rank stuff in order from least to best, based completely on my opinion and my opinion alone. Today I rank the Seven Deadly Sins based on their practicality. Kicking things off at number seven, the deadly sin of wrath. Wrath is basically just an intense form of anger, which just seems like a lot of effort, right? And uh, last season I talked about Irish exiting, hatred because you're probably not doing it right anyway. You You know, if you truly hate someone, you'd be seeking revenge. Now, if you are planning some elaborate payback, just remember, as the old saying goes, revenge is a dish best served cold, because nobody likes a cold meal. Unless, of course, you eat ice cream for dinner, which I do. Now, revenge is a dish served much, much later because you lull someone into a false sense of security when you don't get payback right away. Now, how long exactly should you wait before serving revenge? Well, how long can you hold a grudge? Because I assure you, if you wait long enough, you'll probably get over it. You know, you got other shit to do. But can you imagine waiting 10 years to egg someone's house, and as you drive away, you yell, That'll teach you to eat my egg salad sandwich in the break room when it clearly had my name on it. I don't think anyone would actually feel wrath for something like that, but my point is, how often do you actually feel strongly enough about something where you need to get revenge? Wrath is useless unless you do something about it, which you probably won't. Not very practical. So, moving on to number six, the deadly sin of envy. Envy is the desire for someone else's stuff. Um, So when you ask yourself, why does so-and-so seem to be the luckiest, smartest, wealthiest, most attractive person ever? Well, it's probably because they are. So let's just nip this in the bud right now. If someone has something that you want, like a great career, perfect family, lots of money, or the Harry Potter limited edition Blu-ray collector's box signed by Danny Radcliffe, there's a very slim chance that you're going to get that. They have all that stuff because they're better than you, and if you really wanted what they have, you would already have it because you'd put the effort in, so just get over it. And the next deadly sin is actually kind of in the same ballpark. Um, At number 5, greed. Greed is the desire for material wealth. Um, Now, I've talked about just being content with what you have because you're not going to get any better than that, but I've also argued that money can buy happiness, or at least what you think is happiness and if not happiness, then money can definitely buy lots of trips to Costco. So greed is just one level above envy because you know, you're not jealous of anyone else, you're just worried about your own payday. Maybe your motivation for that payday is because you're envious of someone else, but at least you're getting that bag. However, the reason why greed is only number five on this list is because I don't know anyone who gets rich without some kind of effort, unless of course you get a small loan of a million dollars from your father. Moving on to number four, the deadly sin of pride. Now, pride or vanity is when you have an excessive belief in your own talents and abilities. So, I think it's funny that it's considered to be a sin to have self-confidence, you know? How dare you believe in yourself? Even funnier, this is supposedly the worst of all the sins. I guess the argument is, like, it's okay to have self-esteem, obviously, but it becomes a sin when you're arrogant about being better than everyone else. But my counter argument to that is you can absolutely talk shit as long as you can back it up. If you really are the best at something, why not be arrogant about it, you know? Remind people that you're at the top and they're at the bottom. But just be aware that you actually have to be good at something to be proud of yourself, so there's that. Moving on to number three, lust, which is of course the intense desire to get all hot and steamy. Look, Everybody likes to get freaky dicky, so I don't know why there's so much slut shaming going around. The French philosopher Michel Foucault talked about the history of sexuality, and uh, he explained that for centuries people have been told that we're not supposed to talk about sex. You know, and the and the church and the government have gone to great lengths to control who's doing who. You know, sex is supposed to be had between husband and wife, and we just shut up about it. You know, and unfortunately, people still believe that. Thankfully, as a society, we're growing past the man and woman only rule, but talking about sex is still taboo. I remember my junior high school required parents to sign a permission slip to allow their child to take sex ed. So what would happen if they didn't sign it, you know? Where would hormonal teenagers learn about this stuff? I mean, obviously there's the internet, but parents definitely don't like to have the talk with their kids. It's uncomfortable. I remember my dad had a very brief talk with me. He asked me, do you know what sex is? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, cool. And that was it. So thank God for sex ed. Now I know what goes where. But because we don't talk about sex, it's still frowned upon to sleep around. So what if some people have multiple partners? In my opinion, as long as all parties involved know who's getting it on with who, and everybody's cool with it, everybody's safe, then what's the problem? I, mean, I know that's nice in theory, but a lot of people don't practice full disclosure in open relationships. And for those of you who are judging the love triangles or love squares or love pentagons, are are you just mad that you're not getting any? I mean, neither am I, but you don't see me wagging my finger at anyone. Anyway, make sure you practice safe and responsible lust. Next up, at number two, the deadly sin of gluttony, which is overindulgence. Now, my credo has always been, if it tastes good, have some more, which is apparently not okay. But this brings me back to last season's episode about happiness. You know, some psychologists say happiness is how we balance pleasure and displeasure. But we're not supposed to have too much of a good thing because that could hurt us in the long run. Which is super frustrating, right? But as the Canadian rapper Drake has explained to us, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And sometimes you don't have a good time for a long time. But you know what is a good time? Eating. Food never disappoints. Unless of course you get fries at Wendy's without a chocolate frosty. Everybody knows the fries are better when you dip it in the frosty. But my point is, when it comes to gluttony, I say you can have your cake and eat it too. And also another cake. And maybe some pie and some cookies. Have yourself a feast. And now we've come to the number one deadly sin. Sloth. This is what Irish exit everything is all about. Being a sloth means failing to do what you're supposed to do because you have no motivation, no interest, It's a desire for ease, rest, and relaxation. To me, that sounds like heaven, which is the opposite of where you go when you commit a sin. Why exactly is sloth a sin? I guess it's because you're supposed to use your energy to help others, but you have a lack of caring. And to that I say, meh. Sloth is the most practical, deadly sin because as I've said time and time again, you cannot fail if you do not try. So keep doing what you're doing, which is nothing or at least nothing of significance. Who knows, maybe you'll be the best at doing nothing. That's something you can be proud of. So those are the seven deadly sins and they don't seem as deadly now do they? And they don't seem like sins either. I mean if you do all them people are probably gonna think you're an asshole but so what? Which brings me to my self-help advice. Irish exit judgment. Which goes both ways. Don't judge others and don't worry so much about being judged. I mean As we grow up, we're socialized in society, which basically means we're programmed to behave in certain ways. You know, we're told this is right, this is wrong, this is kind of cool. But we have to stop and think, who decided what's right and wrong? Historically, it's been old, rich, white dudes. So I think it's time for a change. But at the end of the day, if nothing changes, if you're still being judged, if you're still being told you're doing something wrong, remember, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. It's even better to not give a shit. Thanks for listening to this absurdity, and it would be a sin to not join me next time. Irish exit everything, Irish exit everything.